Chapter six, what are you waiting for? Tom is celebrating a new piece of business with his colleagues at Stetson's Steakhouse inside the Hyatt Regency Hotel in downtown Chicago. So Tom's crushing his quota for the year, and the win today will put the territory he manages ahead on the leaderboard. But four months ago, he threw himself into his job at this fintech company after his wife moved out. Work has been a welcome distraction as he tries to pick up the pieces of his personal life. He turns toward the bartender to order another round, and that's when he sees her. She's standing across the bar. She's laughing with her friends. There's something about her. He can't quite put his finger on it. He thinks about walking over and talking to her, but then he hesitates. He starts to wonder, is it too soon to put myself out there? And then he starts to feel uncertain. Would a woman that hot go for a guy with two kids? Tom has a decision to make, and he's going to make it in the next five seconds. And the amount of time it takes to start walking across a bar, Tom could start to rebuild his life. And the amount of time it takes to raise your hand in a meeting, you could change how you're perceived at work. And the amount of time it takes to open your mouth and compliment someone, you could brighten someone's day. And if you don't, that five-second moment, it's going to pass like it did for Blake, and now she wants to kick herself. This is what she put on Twitter. I thought too much about it, and the moment passed, and I didn't tell this woman how fabulous she is. She made my day, and I didn't thank her. I opened my mouth, and no words came out. And I thought about Mel Robbins and the five-second rule, and I wanted to kick myself. Whatever reason you hold yourself back, you're wrong. It's not safer to stay quiet. It's not better to keep the peace. It's not futile to try. It's not risky. You're wrong. All your excuses and reasons, they are wrong. There is no right time to improve your life. The moment you move, that's when you discover your strength. That's the way to bring the real you to the table by pushing the real you out of your head and into the world. And the best time to do it, it's right now. Right now, when your heart is telling you to move, you know, we waste so much of our lives waiting for the right time to have the conversation, ask for the raise, bring it up or start something. It reminds me of that famous Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Here's the thing. Here's the thing nobody talks about. You never regret the shots you do take, but you always regret the shots you don't take. Anthony realized this the hard way. On Facebook, he wrote, tonight I had the chance to give someone my number, and I didn't. And I will actually forever regret that. Why is life so hard? Life is already hard. I got news for you. Yet, you and I, we make it so much harder. We make it harder because we convince ourselves to listen to our fears and to wait, and we hold our greatest selves back. We all do it. Not just in bars, not at work, not at home. We do it everywhere, in our relationships, at the gym, everywhere. And I think the question is this, why the hell do we do this? You want to know the answer? The answer actually is brutal. Yeah, you can say, oh, I fear rejection. I feel failure. I'm afraid of looking bad. The reality is we're afraid to even try. You know, I had this conversation a few months ago with my daughter, Kendall, that illustrates just how deadly waiting can be. To give you some background, 
Kendall was 15 at the time, and she's a very talented singer. And more importantly, she is passionate about it. I mean, from the moment she wakes up until the moment she goes to bed, she is singing. Recently, one of her mentors recommended her for an audition with a director of some fancy musical in New York. And her mentor knows what he's doing. I mean, he's placed a bunch of kids on tour with Les Mis and Mary Poppins and Matilda. And he's told us several times that he believes Kendall, she has got a major chance of landing a role. And so the second the topic came up about this audition, she told me, yeah, I I absolutely want to do the audition. But here's the deal. She never wrote her mentor back about it. I asked her why. Why Why are you waiting on writing him back? And it was really fascinating and interesting and heartbreaking to hear how her thoughts and feelings had put her in mental jail. Now, funny enough, she was not afraid of the audition itself. That's not what was scaring her, at least not when she thought about it. It was everything that might happen after the audition. She said that she didn't want to try out because... What if I don't make it, Mom? What if I'm not as good as I think I am? If I don't audition, at least I can tell myself that I'm amazing and I'm just too lazy to have what I want. Now, we're getting somewhere. You see, it's the fear of sucking. The fear of not being good enough, of feeling like a loser. Nobody wants to face that reality, so we avoid it like the plague. I actually do it with exercise. I can pretend that I'm in decent shape as long as I avoid exercise. You see, the moment I hit the gym, I have to face reality. And the reality is that within two minutes of running on a treadmill, I have to go to the bathroom and I am completely out of breath. I am not in great shape at all. I've got a lot of work to do. That's why we dodge challenges. We dodge it to protect our egos. Even if it means eliminating the possibility of what we get, it makes absolutely no sense. I listened to Kendall talk about her fear that she wasn't good enough and the fact that she could just tell herself that she's lazy and that's easier to swallow than I might suck. And then I asked her this question. What if you're wrong? It's a powerful question. And how often do you consider it? What if you're wrong about all the bullshit you tell yourself? What if you audition and you really are as good as everybody says? What if your idea actually is the next million-dollar product on QVC? What if you're not only meant to meet your quota again this year, but you actually surpass it? What if being single isn't nearly as scary as you think and your true soulmate is just days away from bumping into you at a cocktail party? One that, by the way, you're not attending if you're still with that loser you're dating. Are you really going to let your worries stop you from doing the work or having the love life and being your greatest self? You damn well better not. And even if you do suck, there's another thing you can say to yourself. So what? So what if you suck? At least you tried. As far as I'm concerned, landing the role is irrelevant. Just like the woman that Tom saw in that bar, she is irrelevant. The only thing that's relevant is you. The power is inside you. The only way you access that power is pushing yourself to try. The greatest you shows up at the audition, the greatest you walks up to that guy or that gal in the bar, the greatest you raises their hand at work and their voice at work. You know what? You're never going to stop yourself from starting to worry. But you can stop yourself from letting those worries drag you into a parade of worries that take control of your mind. You can assert yourself 
in any moment. You can make a decision. You can push yourself to think about something more empowering. You can step back into the present moment and go for it. And you can do it in five seconds flat. You know, we're all guilty. We're all guilty of thinking about getting involved, but not doing it. We're all waiting, waiting for the right time to say it, especially at work, right? You gotta wait till your boss is in the right mood. You gotta wait until the right time. It's total stupidity. And you're not alone on this. In a recent survey, 85% of people that work in professional services admitted, admitted that they had critical feedback for their boss and they were withholding it. Why? Well, you already know the answer. They're waiting for the right time. The same is true with your kids, by the way, and your spouse and your friends and your colleagues. They've got something important to tell you and they're waiting until you're in the right mood. All of us, we're all wired this way. One of the most insightful and enlightening aspects of Adam Grant's incredible book, Originals, How Nonconformists Move the World, is when he describes how some of our greatest heroes are just like us in this simple regard. They hesitated, they doubted themselves, and almost missed the opportunities of their lifetimes because they didn't feel ready. I find it reassuring, personally, to know that people that I admire most needed to be pushed through their fears and excuses and feelings, that they were just as loserish at time. I know that's not a word, but it's one that I'm using. Just like I feel, just like you feel. Let me tell you a couple of these examples from Grant's book. You know Michelangelo, the artist who painted the Sistine Chapel in Rome? Here's a backstory you might not know. According to Grant, when the Pope asked Michelangelo to paint the Sistine Chapel in 1506, Michelangelo had never painted a fresco in his life. He felt so overwhelmed with self-doubt that he not only wanted to wait, he fled to Florence. He left town and hid. The Pope had to stalk Michelangelo and pester him for two years, push him to get him to paint that chapel. That's right. Want to hear another one? How about one related to Apple? In 1977, when an investor offered Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak funding to launch Apple, Wozniak felt so afraid and uncertain, he wanted to, quote, wait a while before he quit his job. He didn't feel ready, just like you probably don't feel ready for that big thing you're thinking about. Well, Wozniak was pushed. He was pushed by Jobs and multiple friends and his own parents to make the leap. Remember the stories in the last chapter about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. admitting that he would have declined the nomination to lead the Montgomery Improvement Association had he thought it through? Or Rosa Parks' admission that she never thought she would be the one to do such a thing? In the moment, neither one of them stopped to think. They didn't wait to feel ready. That's what we all need to do. We all are capable of greatness. I believe that. You are capable of greatness. It's your feelings and your fears that convince you that now is not the right time. And that's what keeps you from achieving all of the stuff that you dream about and that you deserve to have happen. You know, Grant then writes this line in his book, The Originals, which just makes my heart feel heavy. We can only imagine how many Wozniaks, Michelangelo, and Kings never pursued, publicized, or promoted their original ideas because they weren't dragged or catapulted into the spotlight question to ask yourself is this one. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for someone to ask you? Are you waiting to be dragged, picked, or catapulted into the spotlight? Or are you going to find the courage to push yourself? You waiting to feel ready? 
You're waiting for the right time, waiting to gain confidence, waiting to feel like it, waiting to feel worthy, waiting until you have more experience. You know, sometimes there is no next time, no second chance, no time out. You got to stop waiting. It's now or it's never. When you wait, I got news for you. You're, you're not procrastinating. You're actually doing something way more destructive. You are deliberately, deliberately, consciously convincing yourself now is not the time. Now is not my time. You are actively working against your dreams. Now, Paula wrote in to us at hello at melrobbins.com, and Paula could have convinced herself that she would have never qualified for a great job opportunity. And you know what? She would have been wrong. Just like you're probably wrong about the things you're waiting on. As Paula wrote to me, I just applied for a job I never thought I would qualify for because I figured, meh, why not just try it? Five, four, three, two, one. I didn't focus on my shortcomings, but I emphasized my qualities and got the job. Previously, I would have forgotten about it after five seconds and not even tried. By emphasizing her qualities instead of focusing on her shortcomings, Paula pushed past her fears. Now look, you may think you're protecting yourself from judgment or rejection or upsetting someone or disappointment, but the fact is when you make excuses and when you talk yourself into waiting, you are limiting your ability to make your dreams come true. You are, not me, not anybody else, you. I personally, now that I know the five-second rule, I'm looking back, I am amazed at how much time I've wasted waiting. Waiting to be sure, waiting for the right time, waiting till my work is perfect, waiting until I feel like it. You may be afraid of finding out that you suck. I totally get it. Totally understand. I've had those moments in my life more than I care to remember or count. But let me tell you what really sucks. What really sucks is being older and regretting that you never went for it. Being 30 and realizing that you let fear of what your friends thought keep you from ever really putting yourself out there when you were younger. Friends, by the way, that you don't even talk to anymore. Or being 56 and realizing you should have divorced your spouse 10 years ago. Or being 45 and wishing you had had the courage to take on a project at work that you now realize would have changed the trajectory of your career. Or sitting in college classes, earning a degree to please your parents when knowing in your heart that you want to be doing something else with your life. Look, there is no right time. There's only right now. You get one life, and this is it. This is your life, regardless of what you're dealing with. This is it, and it is not going to begin again. It is up to you to push yourself to make the most of it, and the time to start doing that is right now. You know what else is really heartbreaking is to hear from so many of you that have a creative idea or a product concept that you're waiting, you're waiting for someone else to validate it. If I told you how many emails we get, people asking if I can just put, can I, can you put me in touch with an agent, Mel? Can, can you, can you connect me with a publisher? Yeah. Amazon. Self-publish. That's how you do it in today's world. Can, can you connect me with somebody in, in, uh, broadcast journal? Yes. YouTube. Get on it. That's how you do it in today's world. You validate your ideas by pursuing them. 
you kick down the gates that block you by stopping to look for a gatekeeper for crying out loud. It is so sad. If you have an idea for a show or a book or you're waiting, waiting for an executive at a TV network or a publishing house to pick you, you will lose. Do you hear me? You will lose. It's like Tom in the bar hoping that suddenly that chick turns around and starts stomping over to him. Not going to happen. That's not how the world works. That's not how the world works. Or me waiting until I felt motivated to get out of bed. Waiting until you are ready is the same as expecting it not to happen. The world rewards those of us who are courageous enough to stop waiting and to start. The the world will reward you. Look, I'm going to give you some amazing advice. If you dream on being on television, I can tell you from firsthand experience, that TV executive that you hope plucks you out of the sky, guess what? They're on YouTube right now. They're looking for somebody who didn't wait. The person who has the courage to start, to create, to put themselves and their ideas out there, that is the person that will win. The only difference, the only difference between that idea that you have for a novel that you want to write And British author E.L. James, who wrote, you may have heard of it, Fifty Shades of Grey, that, by the way, was devoured by, I think, every breathing female on the planet. You know that book sold a million copies in four days. The only difference between her and you. You want to know the difference? She wasn't waiting for permission. She wasn't waiting to be discovered. She wasn't waiting to feel ready. She didn't wait until she had a book deal. She started writing erotica for a Twilight-themed blog. That's how she started. I bet you didn't know that, huh? I bet you thought, oh, she she was some fancy person who got a big... No, she was working full-time, and at night, she would go home and publish stuff under a fake name on a Twilight-themed blog. By doing that, she found the courage to start writing an actual book. And then you know what she did? She self-published it. She was a working mom who wrote in her free time. Mm-hmm. True story. True story. So how did it become the sensation? People started reading it online. And when enough people start finding out about you and you put your work out there, magic happens. And by the way, that's also how Grammy award-winning musician Ed Sheeran got started. He was 15 years old playing songs in a park in England with no permit and no guarantee that anybody would notice. That's how you do it. You push yourself to get out of your comfort zone and you begin. There is no other way. You stop waiting for the right time and you start. That's how award-winning program Broad City landed its first show on Comedy Central. They acted with courage. You know what they did? They started filming three-minute clips on an iPhone and posting them to YouTube. Every single YouTube star, from Tyler Oakley to makeup tutorial Phenom, Michelle Fan to my drunk kitchen host, Hannah Hart, to Minecraft narrator, Stampy Cat. My son loves that guy. Holy cow. Listen, they'll all tell you the same thing. They're going to tell you that if they had told themselves to wait until they felt ready or until they had a sponsor, you know what they'd be doing right now? They would be living a boring life in suburbia instead of laughing all the way to the bank and living their dreams. Waiting, thinking, almost doing. That don't count. Not at all. Kyra wrote me the greatest email about this. Almost doesn't count. You ready for this? Kyra writes five, four, three, two, one, go. 
I almost didn't go to the block party my complex held last night because I was exhausted after work. I almost decided not to donate blood at the truck they had there. I almost didn't make the exposure to the nice nurse I met who was also donating. I almost didn't run back to my apartment to get my third-party tools to give her before I left about the new business I'm starting. I almost didn't follow up with her this morning, and when she invited me over to go talk to her and her girlfriends about my new business, I almost didn't go because I was still in my PJs. I had no expert lined up and I felt unprepared, but I did. And now I will be entering two new uh, orders tonight and two tomorrow. And I'm officially now qualified for the September leadership event. And I'm halfway through October. The moral of the story almost doesn't count it. Five, four, three, two, one, go. You see, the difference between people who make their dreams come true and those of us who don't is just one thing, the courage to start, the courage to keep going. That's why I am so psycho about the five-second rule. It's a game changer because five, four, three, two, one gets you to start. And there's my stomach again. Wow, I did not eat enough for lunch. Because five, four, three, two, one forces you out of your head and gets you to start. And five, four, three, two, one will help you keep going. And that, my friend, brings us back to Tom, the guy in the bar at the Hyatt Regency in Chicago. Will he start walking toward the girl across the room? Or in five seconds, will he wait? Well, that depends. It depends on who is making the decision for Tom. Will it be Tom's heart that makes the decision? Or will it be his head? Will it be Tom's dreams that win? Or will it be his fears? You know, interesting, Rosa Parks offers some amazing advice for moments like this one. Tom needs to do, quote, what must be done. Tom knows in his heart what must be done. He needs to start living again. Waiting? It's not going to help. Waiting will make it worse. When you sit with fear and uncertainty, your mind makes it expand. It's called the spotlight effect. And it's one of the many tricks that our brains play in attempt to keep us safe. Look, the fear Tom feels, this fear of rejection, it's it's real. The uncertainty, it's scary. The self-doubt, boy, it can be crippling. No one wants to be rejected or feel like a fool. No one wants to find out that they suck. That's why the moment right before you walk into a networking event alone, or a party, or an interview, Remember that moment walking into a cafeteria with a tray, looking for a place to sit? Where you start walking towards somebody you find attractive? It is daunting. It's because we immediately start thinking about all the things that could go wrong or how awkward it's going to feel if nobody welcomes you, instead of thinking of all the possibilities. But here's the deal. Tom isn't looking for safety. Tom wants to rebuild his life. He wants to find love again, and that's going to take some courage. And as scary as it is, taking that first step to the other side of the bar, that's that's when Tom's about to discover all the magic, wonder, and joy in life. It's going to happen the moment, the moment he starts walking. Look, you can feel uncertain and be ready. You can be afraid and do it anyway. You can fear rejection and still go for it. 
Five seconds of courage changes everything. So back to the bar. Tom starts counting to himself. Five, four, three, two. And by the time he gets to two, he starts walking across the room. He has no idea what he's going to say to her. His heart is racing, but for the first time in a long time, he doesn't feel numb. He feels alive. The closer he gets to her, the more his heart races. She turns around just as he reaches her. And what happens next is irrelevant. Look, it does not matter what happens because she either becomes a soulmate or she doesn't. The ending of the story, irrelevant. The only thing that matters is the beginning, that Tom made a choice to begin living again. That's how you listen to your heart, whether you're starting to date again, starting a company, starting a YouTube channel, starting to exercise. You must find the courage to start. Now, notice, notice how desperately you want the assurance that Tom gets the girl, right? I mean, it makes for a great movie plot. You're right, it does. But getting the girl isn't the point. Life is not a Nicholas Sparks novel. Life is gritty and hard, and then suddenly it's brilliant and amazing. And besides, did it ever occur to you? The girl could be engaged. She could be gay. She could be a real bitch. Even if they're... Even if she's amazing and they end up having crazy hot sex or hell, they do get married. The girl is not the source of the power. Tom is. The treasure in your life is buried in you. It is not inside someone else. Tom is the source of power in his life and you are the source of power in yours. When you unlock that power... When you listen to your instincts and you five, four, three, two, one and push yourself to honor them, you will discover the most important fact about life, period. Melody wrote me about this. She said, I've used the five second rule every single day, multiple times since I learned about it hearing you speak in Dallas. It has helped me clear out negative thoughts. It has helped me reach out to people and start conversations I might not initiate otherwise. It has brought my inner true self out loud. And that has been the most important gift of all to be me and show my daughter how to do it too. John Baptiste also saw this. He posted this on uh, Instagram. He wrote to me after he realized that nobody was going to come and get me the life that I wanted to live that I needed to be the one taking action. That's the only way to create my own space in the world. I believe, I truly believe that everybody, everybody brings something new and original to the world that we live in. That it is inside each and every one of us, this greatness. But look, the way that you activate the power of you is by finding the courage you need to push yourself forward. When you listen to your instincts like I had to, get up, Mel, suck it up, Tom. Take care of your nephews, Catherine. Don't give up your seat, Rosa. It is clear when you tune into your instincts what you need to do. There is zero debate, zero, when you follow what's inside your heart. The only thing, only thing that will quiet the chatter in your head is a decision to move. As I have said from the very beginning of this book, you are one decision away from a completely different life. You know, we're all so afraid of uncertainties that we want to guarantee before we even try, don't we? You want evidence. Hey, if I take the risk, am I going to get the girl? You know, even if Tom does get the girl, would that make you feel better in this story? Oh, Tom gets the girl. Woo! 
That's not proof that you're going to. Getting the girl, getting the guy, it's a numbers game. To play any game, you have to start to win. You got to keep rolling the dice, man. If you want to make your dreams come true, you better get ready for the long game. I mean, life is not a one and done. I've got, you've got, life is not a one and done sort of deal. You have got to know and understand. You have, life is not a one and done sort of deal. You're going to have to work for what you want. What's amazing about the rule is it makes the work simple. You're the one, just like I was the one that was making things hard. This is true for everybody. To be successful, it takes repetition. You know the game Angry Birds? Rovio, the brand that created that game? Do you realize they've launched 51, 51 unsuccessful games before they even developed Angry Birds? How about the Avengers star, Mark Ruffalo? Do you know how many auditions he did before he landed his very first role? Just just think for a second. Okay, how many auditions do you think he did? 50? Mm-mm. 100? Mm-mm. S- almost 600. 600 rejections. That guy is dedicated. He deserves every single thing that he has. Even Babe Ruth struck out more than 1,300 times. My favorite vacuum cleaner, personally, is a Dyson. There's no wonder why a Dyson doesn't suck at sucking up the dirt. James Dyson created 5,127 prototypes. What? Did you get more than 5,000 prototypes? And here's one that's going to blow your mind. We all know Picasso, right? Picasso is, is one of the more prolific geniuses. He created nearly a hundred masterpieces in his lifetime. But what most people don't ever realize or stop to think about is that over his lifetime, he created 50,000 works of art. 50,000. Did you hear that? 50,000. That's two pieces of art a day for just 100 masterpieces. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? When you think about it, success is a numbers game and you're not going to win if you keep telling yourself to wait. The more often that you choose courage, the more likely you'll succeed at getting what you want. When you five, four, three, two, one, push yourself forward, that's the moment that you discover the magic in your life. And you also open yourself up to the world, to opportunity and to possibility. Now look, you might not get the girl. You might not get the part. You might not get the response you wanted, but that's not the point. In the end, you're going to get something way cooler. You're going to discover the power inside you.